1: Hey, Ryan, it's another Tuesday, another episode.
0: It is. It is. I tell you, I say it all the time, but I look forward to Tuesdays. I really do.
1: (laughs) Yes. Um, I know you're an outdoors guy. Um, Have you ever been fly fishing?
0: I have. You know, um, it's fun. And and sometimes people say it's relaxing, but sometimes it can be stressful, especially when the fish aren't cooperating.
1: (laughs) Right. And um, believe it or not, I really like to fish, and we went fly fishing in Alaska one time, which was very therapeutic—just throwing that, casting out the line. So I remember that. I remember that. I'm really excited to um, learn more about a program that could benefit some of our breast cancer survivors. And
0: yeah, to- you know, uh, some of our listeners are, are maybe aware of this program. I know um, we've had about, I think, is it three or four ladies that have gone um on this retreat and you know it's one of those retreats pam that when when you when you hear about it you kind of think how does that work and how does that how does it make sense but i tell you our guest today uh as we've always said right we go to the expert and we're going to the expert because uh today's guest is susan gates uh, she's the National Program Director for Casting for Recovery, and uh, she's going to impart a lot of good knowledge and um, help us connect the dots as to why fly fishing is really good and helpful for breast cancer survivors. Susan, thank you for joining us on the podcast today. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Thank you. You know, we've had, as as I mentioned, I think we've had three, four, maybe five ladies that have gone on this retreat And I've never heard more gushing and more praise than when they come back. And so tell our listeners a little bit more about casting for recovery.
2: Sure. So we're a national nonprofit and, uh, what we do is we provide healing outdoor retreats for women in any stage of breast cancer treatment or recovery. And the retreats are provided at no cost to the women. And, uh, we have retreats all across the country. This year, we'll, uh, we're returning to holding retreats after last year, and we're gonna have 50 around the country this year with safety protocols in place. We've been working on that for months. But what our retreats are, are a combination of peer support, instruction, and in fly fishing, which can be uh, good therapy for women if they've had surgery or radiation, um, good for stretching muscles and soft tissue in the upper body. Um, It's also an opportunity to be with other women who have experienced breast cancer, but also to try something completely new and different, um, taught by women um, who are fly fishers. And at the same time, having all of this support from, uh, we have oncology professionals at the retreat that are, in shorts and jeans all weekend, casual. Um, We have social worker counselors there. Um, And then we just have this camaraderie that uh, builds by having this group of women together just to support one another. And it really is exciting for women to try something new that they have never thought they might try and might seem difficult, uh, but it's actually not. And then just the power of that, all of that combined with being in a retreat like setting and experiencing nature, which is so healthy in so many ways.
1: So, when was Casting for Recovery um, founded? A long time. So, this
2: is actually our 25th anniversary this year. So, we started in 1996, and um, it was the brainchild of these two women who were friends. And one was a reconstructive breast surgeon, and the other one was a professional fly fisher. And somewhere on a trip fishing, they started talking about the different benefits of fly fishing and said, maybe we should try this. And so that's exactly what they did. They held two retreats that year and uh, they, you know, we're like, let's bring in some medical folks. Let's bring in all the women we know who fly fish and let's just see if we can create a program out of this. And that's exactly how it started very grassroots we're still very grassroots all of our programs around the country are locally run by volunteers locally supported by donors and um they serve women in their local communities so that after the retreat they can still continue to get together and support one another and um we uh, all of our retreats are small, but you know, specifically on purpose, we keep them small. It's not a fly fishing clinic. It's not a trip that we're taking women on. It really has a specific purpose. And so we typically serve a maximum of 14 women at each retreat. And uh, we nationally served our 10,000th woman um, in the last year, which was a big milestone. And um. I think that the original founders would probably laugh and say we had no idea that 25 years later it would be this national organization when we were just fishing on a river up up in New England and chatting about wouldn't this be cool to do.
0: You know, Pam, (laughs) I I say this a lot. I do. Um, I tell people, be careful what you you ask for. (laughs) And, you know, you're going to be surprised because... Just like you said, gosh, who knew 25 years ago we would be here today still doing this to the magnitude you are. That's very similar to us with 24 Hours in the Canyon. It's like we we did the very first year, and I'll never forget. I may have shared this story before. I'll never forget someone coming up to me after the end of the first bike race and said, hey, when is this going to happen next year? And I thought, wait a minute, next year? What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> like you want us to do this again? And so and here we are now in our 15th year. So be careful what you you know dream <laughs> up and 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 do because you may, um, for lack of a better way of describing it, get stuck with it, which is not all that bad, right, Pam?
1: That's right. So why fly fishing? Sure. I, I think that there's a whole lot that goes
2: into that. Um we uh There is something about fly fishing. Uh, We have women at retreats that are in their 20s. We have served women in their early 90s at our retreats. It is a sport that anybody can learn at any age. So if we have someone who's uh, not feeling strong on fishing day of the retreat, we will have them fish from a chair. We have put a lot of chairs in a lot of rivers um, and had people just standing next to them so that they can fish. It is not a power sport. Um, The rod and the line do all of the work. And so there is something pretty magical about laying that line out really nicely on the water and presenting that fly to the fish that has nothing to do with power and has so much to do, I think, with grace and the experience of being in the water, out in nature. I think the fact that it's for many people, it's a it's a bucket item bucket list item to do in their life maybe they've seen a river runs through it Now, granted there's a lot of things about that movie that are that are not super realistic right. um, in terms of what our retreats look like but um it's a, uh, and it can be very relaxing and very mesmerizing um and really a lot of people equate it to it to it being a mindfulness exercise because you're thinking about where you are, how you're feeling, the sounds, the noises, the breeze, um, the birds. But the whole time you're thinking about where might the fish be? And um, it's it can be really engaging and you can do it from a kayak. You can do it from a chair, the bank. You can get in waders and get in rushing water. Um, but even if you spent the whole day and never caught a fish, which of course would be disappointing, you would still have had a wonderful day out in nature on the river or wherever you might be a lake. And so there's, there's, there's something about it that draws
0: people to it. That's exactly what fun. I was thinking. That's exactly what I was thinking about. You're outdoors. <laughs> I mean, that's, and, and I looked at some of the areas that you have retreats and it might be a bucket list just to go to some of those areas where those retreats are. I mean, they're held in beautiful locations.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Fish, fish live in beautiful places. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think that's what's so cool about Casting for Recovery. And I started off as a volunteer years ago. Um, one thing I really liked about CFR was that you couldn't pay to go. Um, you put your name in the hat with every other woman. It doesn't matter if you're the last name in the hat or the first name in the hat. Um And if your name is drawn, everything is covered, meals, lodging, supplies, we bring all the gear. And many times the retreats are in really beautiful places, beautiful lodging. And it's nice to give women from all walks of life equal opportunity to experience our program.
1: Um, I I love that about what we do. It sounds like something that Tiffany would approve of.
0: Yes, yeah, a mindfulness activity, Um, Sometimes we call those creative escapes, um, you know, being involved in something to keep your mind off of maybe the scan next month or, Mm -hmm. you know, the upcoming surgery or things like that. But I do have to ask you a question, Susan, and I know this is on the minds of a lot of the ladies who are listening right now, and it may be even on Pam's mind, okay? So do they have to touch the fish?
2: (laughs) No, they don't. But you'll be surprised how many people say, I don't want to touch a fish. And then when the time comes, there's something they're like, oh, okay. I do want to touch the fish. And so we teach them how to do it safely, get their hands wet first. Um, fish have sort of a protective slime coating on them. Um, and we don't want to disrupt that with dry hands or hands with sunblock all over them. We have them get their hands wet. We show them how to carefully hold the fish and, um, and uh, and to, how to release the fish. There's something really beautiful about catching a fish and releasing it back out. Um, I, I've seen women cry after doing that. I've seen their guides cry after after <laughs> them doing that. Sure. And there's something very powerful about that. But every woman at our retreat has her own individual guide. We call them river helpers. They're not necessarily professional paid guides that, you know, that they do that for a living, that they are excellent teachers, um, patient instructors, and they're with them for the entire time that they're fishing side by side with them. And um, so if they don't want to touch the fish, they certainly have a guide that will take it, uh, the hook out, keep it in the net um, keep the fish breathing in the water. Let them take a picture, and then release the fish. But uh, I am always surprised by how many women, when the time comes, say that they want to release the fish themselves.
0: I just know I, there's someone listening, and if that didn't come up in this podcast, that's the first phone call <laughs> we'll get after the podcast is put out. Do I have? To, I want to go on that trip, but do I have to touch that fish? <laughs> no, you don't. We're good. <laughs> You've touched on a variety of things about the retreats. Can you kind of walk us through, give us a little more in-depth look um, about what goes on at a typical retreat?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think that uh, we're a very, maybe not so much anymore, but we used to be, uh, seem like a very out-of-the-box program. Not so much anymore um, after 25 years. Um it's, we have 70, 70% of the women who come to our retreats have never been to a support group. And that tells us that women that we're filling a need where um, women are, are looking for other things. They want something that's maybe not so traditional. Um, and so women arrive at our retreats. And from the very beginning, we tell them, look, this, we, we're not, We're not here to be cheerleaders. You are allowed to feel and be however you want to be this weekend. You are around a group of people that understand. So if you're not feeling great, or if you're mad, or if you're excited to finally be around other women who've been through breast cancer, maybe you went through treatment during COVID. And finally, you get to be in person around some other women and do something exhilarating. We tell women that from the beginning so that uh, there's a sense of relief that they can just be themselves. Um, Anybody who's been through cancer knows that oftentimes you're trying to protect your family. You may not always talk about your deepest fears with um, your partner, your spouse, your children, your parents. Some of that is always a bit hidden. And here's an opportunity to really let all of that out. So the women arrive on the first day, usually in the afternoon. We've We fit them with gear, uh, usually with their waders, which nobody looks good in. And that's a nice leveler for the whole world, I think, people (laughs) and waders. And, uh, you know, we we have dinner. We get to know one another a little bit. Usually we have an activity in the beginning that has to do with fly fishing, um, just to kind of break the ice. Um, The second day, we have a whole combination of things. We're teaching women about how to cast a fly rod. We're out on the lawn. Everybody's practicing out on the lawn. Um, we teach them about the gear, about how to fish safely, what they need to do to go out. That may depend on their area of the country. Near you guys, um, the New Mexico retreat, um, they are not dealing with uh, snow and, you know, a lot of bears and things like that, like they might be in Montana or Wyoming. So whatever specific for the local area, they'll be talking about safety or where you might fish. Um, And we combine that with um, some medical sessions where the oncology professional is just sitting in a room um, with all of the participants and fielding questions, maybe talking about her area of expertise or talking about the latest research um, and kind of letting the women guide that discussion about what they wanna talk about. And it covers, you know, the gamut of questions. Um, and, and we have women who are, uh, were diagnosed DCIS, stage zero. We have women who have metastatic breast cancer. Um, we, the, only, the only qualification we have for a woman to be eligible to attend a retreat is that she has to have been diagnosed with breast cancer at some point in her life. That doesn't, uh, she could be 10 years out, 20 years out. She could still be, you know, within a year of chemo. Maybe her hair's still growing out. Um, What's nice about that is you have women of all ages and all stages of recovery. So to see someone who's 65 and was, maybe she's been diagnosed twice with breast cancer, um, or someone that uh, is 20 years out, or somebody that's six months out, and she's talking with the person who's a year out. And it's just learning from the person that's the next couple of months ahead of you is really powerful. So the medical discussion touches on a lot of things. We do more casting. At some point in the weekend, We always like to have s'mores out by a campfire. Who doesn't love that? Um, We usually, at some point, will find a s'mores virgin in the group, and it is really fun for them to have their very first s'more. And um, everybody certainly cheers them on when we watch them take their first bite. Um, And we have a support group style gathering uh, on the evening of the second night. Um, It's not your traditional support group. There's usually an activity, It's not super deep, but it's just a chance to go into some of the emotional effects of breast cancer. The final day is fishing day. Um, We get up early and um, our fishing guides meet us at wherever we're going to be fishing. And everybody goes out on the water usually for three to four hours. We come back, we all have a meal together. And then we typically have a small graduation and we have to say our goodbyes. It's It moves very slowly in some respects and in others it goes by like that. So it's, um, but there is some kind of a transformation that is really hard to describe that happens from women arriving. They don't know anybody. uh, They're a little apprehensive and anxious. um, Is what is this gonna be like? Am I gonna be healthy enough to participate? Yes, you absolutely are in whatever stage you're in We make sure that we have accommodations for anybody um, to be able to participate. By the end of the retreat, I feel like women have made these friendships that are, are deep and intense and they have been able to get so much, you know, uh, just share so much that they're lightened and they've learned something new. Um, We all know how fun it is to learn something new. I feel like the synapses kind of go crazy um, in our brains when, uh, we get to try something for the first time and many women find that they're pretty darn good at fly fishing,
1: um, which is cool. You know, a lot of our survivors are very hesitant to go do new things because they don't want to talk about just cancer. So it's yeah. like this retreat could be perfect for those that want to get their feet wet and just go explore something new and then maybe dabble into the fillings too.
2: You know, I, we definitely hear that a lot. Um, from women who say, well, I, I really wanted to learn to fly fish and, you know, it's okay. If we're going to talk about breast cancer, some too, others, it's just the opposite. Um, their feeling is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I want to learn to fly fish, but I really want to be around other women who are, you know, maybe there's someone else here that has triple negative breast cancer or inflammatory or is metastatic or is 27. Um, I just wanna be around some other women who who understand, um, but they all seem to cross over a little more into the other area of either sharing the breast cancer if they came for the fishing or getting into the fishing if they came for the support. Um, there is something there for everybody, even if it's just, I really need a weekend away um, because it's all about them uh, the whole weekend long. Um, and, and that's important, too, for women. I mean, women are caregivers. They're they're trying to work or they're trying to raise kids or they're trying to be caregivers for parents or partners, spouses. Um, it's hard for women to stop and really look to take care of themselves. So we, we, don't, we don't give them a chance not to. We take care of them.
1: Now, I've also heard from some of the survivors that have gone that the s'mores are not only great, but the food is out of this world. <laughs> the food can be pretty
2: good. Now, I'll tell you that we do try to make it as healthy as we can. It's tricky depending on uh, um, where you are. Uh, sometimes our retreats are held in ranching areas, and we're like, you're going to have to cut that steak into fourths because these women cannot eat that that size of a steak. Um, the food is typically really good. Uh, the snacks we we try to have lots of options. Um, we try to take women's dairy, dietary needs into consideration. Um, we really do try to accommodate women with with whatever they need, so that they can be comfortable while they're there and also feel
0: good. Sure, sure, Pam. You know, we reached out to a couple of the ladies that went on uh, a retreat and. Susan, I want you to listen as I'm as we're talking. I'm I'm seeing some of these threads interwoven in these comments, and for our listeners, this was done this was done in advance of today's podcast, and you'll see some of the the same commonalities here with what I'll read. So, one of our ladies that went says, "I went at a time when I was dealing with my mother-in-law's illness, and I needed a break from life, and that's exactly what you were just saying, Susan." Uh, The women I met were such a joy to be around. The staff was fantastic. They pampered you all weekend. Talking about my cancer journey with other survivors created a bond between all of us. My fishing partner helped me learn to fish and had so much patience with me. I finally caught a fish just prior to us leaving. It was so neat to learn about fly fishing and I would definitely do it again. And that, that tells you right there, I mean, you guys, you you made a, a lifelong impression on, on this woman who um, sometimes you go to retreats, right? And and these things don't last, the, the effects don't last very long. It's like, oh, I'm going to do this forever. And, uh, but I really feel like in this, um, you guys do such a good job of, of teaching them this lifelong skill that it can be done. They enjoy it. In fact, our, the other person says, the first sentence says, I caught a fish with like six exclamation marks. I'm assuming it was the first time Um, says fly fishing was awesome. And I had no idea it was a, it was good therapy for breast cancer recovery. Casting for recovery recovery truly inspired me. I met women with similar breast cancer journeys and they were all upbeat and willing to share their experiences with me. I found out I was not alone in my journey. The staff was extremely knowledgeable and helpful. And the weekend taught me how to deal successfully with my breast cancer diagnosis, and I loved every minute of it.
2: Well, that's so great to hear. We we love hearing from uh, the participants at our retreats, and um, we we have a lot of alums from our program that come back to serve as volunteers, which just deepens the impact and the meaning of what we do when they want to come back and some of them become really great fly fishers and come back to actually serve uh, uh, on our retreats on the staff. And you know others just help us with outreach or fundraising or finding other volunteers, um, just, just spreading the word. We know that that's the best way um, to learn about things is when you hear about them from friends and you're like, well, if she did that, maybe I can do that too. I'm gonna sign up and see
1: if I get selected. Very true. So I know you mentioned that there was 50 retreats all across the U.S. um, And some people might be saying, well, why do I have got to go to New Mexico for our (laughs) listeners? Is there any retreats here in Texas close or is how does that work with where you get into the retreats?
2: So um, we do keep we do have women um, attend the retreat that is closest to them. And that's so that we can continue to build community with alumni events. Um, And also it would be difficult to be able to fly people all over the country. And probably everybody would want to go to Alaska or Montana or Colorado. Um, But I will tell you that our Texas and New Mexico programs really work hand in hand. Texas being such a large state, um, we have... uh, Some of the women, especially in the Texas Panhandle, live a lot closer to the retreat in New Mexico, which is often held at the Fulmont Scout Camp in Cimarron. And so what what could be just a couple-hour drive um, could be much longer if they came down to the retreat near DFW. So in Texas, we have one near DFW, and we have one in the Hill Country down near Austin. Um, For women in the Panhandle, the the retreat at the Philmont Scout Camp is magical. Um, it is just a gorgeous area. And um, if uh, if that is the closer retreat to you, I would encourage you to, to go to our website and put your name in the hat. The application is just your name and contact info um, for this year, it, it always is. And um, the deadline to apply is June 11th. So uh, we'll get the, well, the website is castingforrecovery.org. Um, super easy. And you just go to retreats, New Mexico, Texas, look at those and, um, you can just apply online by putting your name in there. Um, but, uh, yeah, you do have to apply to the retreat closest to you. And we have big States like this, we let women jump the state line. If they've had treatment or they're closer to the retreat, because, uh, we don't want the drive to be too arduous.
0: Well, and I'll tell you, um, I want to go back to one of the things you said just a second ago where you said you have um, folks who've been to retreats then come back and be guides and, and helpers or they serve and they do. And Pam, we've talked about this countless times. There is something very powerful and magical about survivors helping survivors. Um, you know, talking about getting them together in a room is one thing, but when you've got a survivor leading a group or leading this or assisting with the, you know, and, and like you said, as a as a river helper, to me that just that that exponentially makes the, the experience that much greater. It's that bond. It is. It is. And now I want our listeners to hear. Um, Susan said the the closest retreat to the Panhandle is at Philmont Scout Ranch. Now, a couple of things that she said a minute ago, we're going to come back to right r- real quick. They don't need their own equipment. They don't need no. it. They just need to apply.
2: They only need to apply. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, the uh, Yeah, they don't need any equipment. We, we provide all of the equipment and We do a lot of communication before the retreat. We let them know what they need to bring. The retreats are very casual. What we want them to be is not cold and not hot. Um, So we give them a list of things to bring. Um, But otherwise, we provide everything for the
0: fishing. So if if, if you're a woman who has breast cancer or has had breast cancer, don't let the thought of saying, well, I've never done that step in the way. I don't have a fly rod. I don't even know what a fly rod looks like. Doesn't matter. Don't let these little barriers crop up because that's not something to prevent you from going. And then the other thing is, you hit on this a second ago, and I want to make sure that everyone caught it. It's free. They do not. You can't buy your way into this retreat.
2: That's absolutely right. That's important.
0: You know, which, Pam, what does that remind you of?
1: Sounds like the center here. is <laughs> free. I think that's our favorite word.
0: It does. Yeah. You know, I don't know that. I don't know that uh, either of us use the word free or no cost or complimentary more often than we do eight to five Monday through Friday. Um, and that's right. the cool thing. And the other thing too, Susan, you mentioned that I wrote down, um, which there's 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 no doubt we're talking together on this podcast. Um, because we're very like-minded in what we do for survivors. Um, but you said three words just a second ago, and I wrote it down, not so traditional. And that's what Casting for Recovery is. That's, Pam, what we are. That's what the 24 Hours in the Canyon uh, Cancer Survivorship Center is. It's not traditional. It's not going be. you know, you sit around and feel sorry and And, um, well, maybe next week you'll feel better. No, those aren't, that's not what we do. And that's not what casting for recovery does. Um, it's about moving forward and, um, not dwelling on the fact that you have or have had cancer. That's
1: right. And then another thing, you know, um, transportation to and from the retreat can be tricky. And I know that in the past y'all have partnered up the ones that have come through this area and got them in contact so that they could ride together. So you can instantly find some new best friends in this trip too. That's
2: absolutely right. We, we know that some women, you know, they, they may only have one car in their family um, or they may not have car um, and transportation could be an issue. Um, we help uh, put carpools together So um, we have, we call it ride share. And if a woman is interested in riding with someone else, uh, if she is selected for the retreat, there's a box to check. And whoever checks that box, um, we share their info with other women coming from their area. So they may get to uh, ride with someone. And a lot of times people want to drive their own car, um, but they'd rather have a buddy with them. Sometimes someone's like, I don't feel wonderful. I don't want to drive. And they want to ride. And um, sometimes, you know, a group of women will arrive. And if if they've driven together for two or three hours, I mean, they just roll out of the car laughing. I was like, well, I, I, clearly you guys have bonded and and you know everything about each other on that two-hour car ride. So, um, great. Come on in. <laughs>
0: I was just thinking the same thing. I was like, there's going to be a lot of time in the vehicle and they're going to know all the things by the time they get there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: It absolutely,
0: yeah. Well, you know, Pam, we we looked up just a little bit ago before we sat down here with Susan. Um, so from Amarillo to Philmont is about four hours. And mm-hmm. you gain an hour going there because it's in New Mexico. So it's yeah. really not and I've driven that drive. It's if you're if you're wondering where in the world Philmont is, Susan mentioned Cimarron Canyon, it's on your way to Eagle Nest. Uh, You're headed towards Red River. I guarantee you, if you've been to Red River or Angel Fire or Taos or, you know, in that Enchanted Circle area, you've driven past Philmont and probably didn't even realize it. And I can't imagine, I've not been there personally, I've seen pictures, I cannot imagine how beautiful it is.
1: That can be a pretty drive going down there.
0: Sure can. Now, Susan, real quick, you said application is due June 11th. Correct. But yes. We want you guys that are listening, if, you have, if you're a woman who's uh, going through treatment, finished treatment, doesn't matter, 10 years, two weeks, whatever the case may be, you said the simplicity of applying is a name and an email. We want you guys to take advantage of this opportunity. These don't come along very often, once a year. Um, and the retreat this year is August the 20th through the 22nd. Again, it's at Philmont Scout Ranch. And uh, the place to go for all this information is castingforrecovery.org. Susan, have I left anything out that they need to know?
2: I don't think so. Um, if someone doesn't have access uh, to the internet, um, they uh, we can certainly, we're, we're always sharing paper copies and everything, but if they're listening to this podcast, they're they're probably able to access it. But if they did need that, Women who are selected, they do have to have the okay from their physician, um, and uh, but no, that's pretty. Oh. It's it's a it's a very short application, and I also encourage women if you don't, if this isn't the year for you because of COVID or you're not sure that you feel comfortable being around a group, um, that uh, you know we encourage you to apply in the future too. Um, we know that this this is a unique year, just like last year was. Um, but we also know that after a year of isolation um, that many women are, are ready for more support and need it. And so we would uh, just just love to have women join
1: us this year. So applications are due June 11th. How soon after will they hear if they got accepted or not? Usually within two weeks weeks
2: yes and they would get uh an email letting them know what we do is we select the women for the retreat and then we also select about 20 alternates and so if you get selected as an alternate don't don't think oh well I didn't make it lots of people have to cancel for lots of reasons um, and so we go to that alternate list a lot um, to call folks up so if you get selected as an alternate. There's a couple of forms to fill out. At least do one of the forms. Let us know that you're interested. And um, because we normally pick our alternates based on who has their paperwork in. And we call up a lot of alternates. Uh, so, um, yeah, that's it.
1: They would find out by email within a few weeks. And uh, we go from there. And what if uh, someone has gone in the past? Can they go again? They cannot. They cannot. I know we turn away, you know, two or three women,
2: two or three women for every woman that we're able to serve. Um, but uh, we would like to have them involved in, in alumni events and um, to share the opportunity with their friends. I'm sorry that they can't
1: come back a second time, but uh they, be, they can become volunteers though, Right. Yeah. And they can get involved with our group. It's a lot of fun. Sure
0: sure that's understandable understandable you got so many people that want to get in and uh you guys do such a great job and if if it would if you had more than what you allowed to go i think it would probably be a little less meaningful it would it would feel crowded so that that's good i agree with that yeah
1: so one of our last segments that we like to do is um our pete's powerful moment we are sponsored by uh Pete's CarSmart Kia, and we would like to hear your powerful moment um, in casting for recovery. Well,
2: I, um, this, this story has stuck with me from the very beginning. We had a woman, um, named Jane who came to a retreat. Um, it's been almost, I I don't know how it's been a long time since she came to a retreat. She's still involved. Um, She told me after she got home that when her husband came to pick her up, he said, oh my gosh, I have not seen you smile like this since you were diagnosed two years ago. And I have a picture of her fishing and um, uh, she's got a big Cheshire cat grin on her face. And I tell that story a lot because um, there's just something about it. It was a reset button for her. She was really stuck. she wasn't sure where to go, what to do and she couldn't get out of that rut and what she needed was just um, that reset to be empowered, engaged uh, to find optimism for mov- moving forward. and um, i I still see Jane and um, I I always tell her that I love her smile just because of of that and uh, and she still tells that story that it was it was life changing for her. it was the beginning of a new chapter in her life and um I wish that for anybody who's gone through cancer to be able to pull through it and and find that optimism to keep going. They all deserve that smile, yeah,
0: absolutely, absolutely, oh. You know, Susan, thank you for what you guys do. And thank you for um, joining us today and imparting all this good information. a lot of the things, Pam, we talk about are, you know, self-help and how you can do this and how you can feel better or, you know, tips and tricks and whatnot or eat better. But some of these resources that we've been able to share to our listeners, like Casting for Recovery, I mean, it's pure gold. That's right. It is. It is pure gold. And now here, here's what I'm going to do. I I want, you've never done this on a podcast, Pam, but we're going to give some homework. And so I think there's two pieces of homework for everybody who's listening to this. Um, In our region, the Texas panhandle, the number one cancer in this region has historically always been breast cancer. Now, lung cancer is starting to creep up there, and that's a whole other story. We, we've talked about that with tobacco cessation on that podcast that we did earlier in the year. But that means there's a lot of breast cancer in our region. So what if you're listening to this, you, chances are you know someone who has had or is going through breast cancer treatment right now. Your first piece of homework is to share this podcast with them because they only have until June 11th to get their application in. So share this with them today and tell them, you need to listen to this, you need to apply. The retreat is August the 20th through the 22nd and go to castingforrecovery.org, right Pam? That's right. And then what would you think our second piece of homework might be for them?
1: Maybe like, subscribe, do all the buttons.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. You're. How are you going to know all this good information if you're not subscribed to our podcast? We want you to give us a review. We want you to subscribe to it. Um, stay up to date. I, I I truly believe there's some great information. Even if you you know you from the title of it, maybe you think, oh well, I don't know. Maybe I don't want to learn about a plant diet or maybe this, but I can guarantee you. Somewhere in that 30 to 40 minutes, you're going to get at least one piece of good information that you can apply, right? Yes. So hit the like button, subscribe, share, leave us a review, and then do not forget about your other piece of homework is to make sure someone you know who has breast cancer has had breast cancer knows about this podcast because there's a pretty decent likelihood they may not have heard of Casting for Recovery, and we, we can't have that. So make sure you do that. Susan, thank you again. It's just great. We, we love giving out your application and uh, we're gonna continue to do that because um, we like to partner with other folks that are like-minded like us.
2: Thank you so much. And thank you for the great work you guys are doing. I, you know, we, we all, we're all in this, all doing our part uh, in different ways. And um, that's the only way we're gonna be able to reach everybody. That's so right. thank you guys.
0: Well, thank, thank you. you. We appreciate that. We do. We appreciate it. It's a it's a, a, lot of fun what we get to do, Pam. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. To see and somebody. I want
1: to make sure those that may be um, technology challenge to make sure they give us a call. If they need help with the application, we can definitely put a paper copy, get them in contact with Susan too. So, right. um, absolutely. I'd be happy to talk to anybody if they have
2: questions, anything like that. You're happy to, I'm happy to do it.
0: Perfect. Perfect. Well, thank you everyone for joining us on this week's episode of Beyond the Ribbon and be sure to join us next week on Tuesday for next week's episode. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Beyond the Ribbon. Make sure to subscribe to our weekly podcast and follow us on social media for news and updates. If you'd like more information about the 24 Hours in the Canyon Cancer Survivorship Center, please visit our website, 24survivorship.org. Thanks again, and we'll be back next week.